This global pandemic is an enormous human tragedy, and it's gut-wrenching to think the worst is yet to come. It's taken away our liberties, our freedom, and above all else, lives. The toll will be immeasurable. Deep down, even the most ardent football fan knows that football is just a game. It's not life and death, but it's sorely missed. That connection, your identity to a football club, that escapism is gone. So with this in mind, we decided to interview three well-known Australian footballers. How are they coping without their livelihood, their passion, and how has this isolated lifestyle given them time to self-reflect on why football gives so much joy to so many people? In this podcast series, Podula and the PFA will go beyond the pitch. We'll learn about resilience, diversity, heartache, mental health, and what sacrifices are made that the fans never hear or see. We'll learn about people first, footballers second. This is the Footballer's Voice. Football is the greatest unscripted drama in the world. It evokes passion like nothing else. For the players, when it's taken away from you, just like that, it can be a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, look, it's obviously tough for all the, the people involved in football and, and you know, not only that, the, the the general public, you know, as a whole, we're, we're sort of waiting to get some clarity from the club on what we're able to do in terms of if we can go into training in smaller groups or um, if if they, you know, want us to continue sort of ticking over at home and, and making sure that we stay sort of, you know, not fit but with some sort of decent condition because as players we're hoping that the season's not finished, it's, um, it's just suspended and that we can start it up and, and finish off the year um, at some stage, whether that's, you know, on April 22nd, like the date that they came out and said, or whether that's a, a month or two after that, who knows. But, you know, we as players are sort of holding out hope that, that we can finish it off. We're so close, being only, you know, six, well, we've got six games left, but some of the other clubs have only got two or three. So it'd be a shame to, to write the season off completely when, you know, all teams have done so much work to, to get to where we are now. But I suppose day-to-day now for me, it's daddy daycare at home. It's, I've got my, my seven-year-old at school and my three-year-old who home from daycare. So it's just trying to manage um, homeschooling the, the seven-year-old while, <laughs> while trying to entertain the three-year-old as well, which is fun and games. But, um, yeah, a little bit different from, you know, the, the normal day-to-day life of playing football, I guess. But as we just heard from experienced Sydney FC defender, Alex Wilkinson, this isolation period is a time for family. It's a time for self-reflection. And Alex has certainly enjoyed a fruitful period with the Sky Blues. Yeah, I think the last sort of four years at Sydney have been, you know, a fantastic ride. We've had, you know, a lot of success and um, some great teams, broken quite a few records, which has been really enjoyable. And this, you know, this current season, we're on track to, to reach those, those sort of records again, you know, with one less game. In that regard, I think it's been a, you know, really, really um, enjoyable and um, impressive season. And it's just been a, a little bit disappointing, obviously, as I said before, that the league stopped with, with only a, a you know, small amount of games to go. And, you know, with us close, I suppose, to, to getting some silverware, which is, you know, you come in in July in pre-season and you set your season goals and, you know, most of those goals revolve around, you know, winning trophies. And it would have been nice to, to obviously uh, finish it off and and um, get that Premier's plate. But uh, as I said before, we're sort of hoping that um, it still does happen and we're, we're still preparing for the fact that we will finish the year and, 
um, hopefully lift that Premier's plate and, and go on and um, have a good final series. But with the changes we've had within the club, you've got to credit the staff and the, you know the recruitment because you know the one thing we do at Sydney very well is keep keep a core group of players together, and we've done that over the last sort of four years. We've kept the majority of boys um, in the squad, and then every year there's that sprinkling of change and. Every year, the, the guys that have come in have, have strengthened us again. You know, that's credit to the staff and, and the people who are looking after, I guess, uh, recruiting players. Despite the nostalgia, Alex is concerned for his teammates, especially the younger players coming off contract. I guess the common feedback is that we've got a really, you know, anxious and concerned sort of playing group at the moment because no one really knows what's going to happen next. And we're hearing, you hear mixed reports in the media and from club land and from, you know, all sorts of different stakeholders in the football game that, you know, everyone's got a different opinion on what's going to happen. And so I guess as players, we're sort of everyone very much in limbo and just waiting to see, I guess, how the dominoes fall and, and, and what effects this, this virus has. You know, um, we're obviously only two months away from all the players coming off this year's current contracts. And unfortunately, we've got about 60%, I think, of the league that are coming off contracts. So that leaves 60% especially in you know, and a massive uh, amount of uh, limbo, I suppose, because normally if you're coming off contract, you've, you've got options as a professional footballer. You know, you could, if, you, if your current club isn't going to renew your contract, you've got the option of maybe going over to Asia or going overseas to Europe and trying your luck over there. You could go to the NPL League or you could try to get into a different A-League club. But at the moment, with everything stopped, it really, really limited options in terms of, of footballs. I think that's the main sort of feeling of the playing group at the moment is that anxious and concern of, you know, what's going to happen not only in the next couple of months till their contract ends, but, you know, the, the following years after that and how the competition is going to look going forward. The PFA is always there to guide the players, ensure they make the right decisions. During this crisis for Australian footballers, they've never needed the organisation more. Yeah, look, the PFA have been, you know, unbelievable since it's probably... First, when I think it was the Matildas were due to go over to Wuhan uh, a couple of months ago in, in January, I think, when the virus first broke out. And since, ever since then, the PFA has been keeping the whole of football, the whole of the, the playing groups updated with information on the virus, how we can stay healthy. Obviously, as things have escalated over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, their contact's been, you know, extremely regular. They've been speaking to, within each club, we've got player delegates. Um, two or three players within each club. They've been ringing them on a daily basis, updating them on any information that they've had throughout that day and, and you know, meetings they've had with the clubs or whether it's the, the FFA. So the contact from, from their side has been first class and it's really, as players, it's given us, I suppose, the most information and made the best out of a, a very difficult situation. And as you said, at the PFA, we offer that the ability to go and see people, professional to if, if any of the players are struggling with mental health issues, which, you know, in a time like this where, you know, this virus has not only affected football but affected the, you know, the general population of, of Australia, it's important that we've got I guess, procedures and people in place that can help players who are, as I said before, feeling anxious and, and feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And, you know, it's fantastic that the PFA have got those sort of avenues for for players to, uh, to access if they want to. Despite these difficult times for the game, the man affectionately known as Wilco is defiant and dogged, something that Australian football knows all too well. Bouncing back from adversity is something that runs deep in the game, and this is no exception. 
first and foremost, you know, no one enjoys the fact that I guess sport in general has been off, especially, you know, our, our football fans across Australia probably, you know, this is normally the time of year where, where we're coming up to finals and it's the most exciting time of year, but everyone's got to understand that it's been done for a reason and it's because, you know, the health and safety of, of everyone, you know, everyone in Australia is more important than playing sport and, and going to work and, you know, living your, your everyday normal life. We need to stay isolated, stay behind closed doors with your, with your immediate family and just, you know, ride this out because, you know, the quicker we do that, the quicker this thing's going to get under control and, and we can start everything up again. Let's hope that we can all get it, get back out there, as I said before, and then finish the season once. You know, everyone's done the right thing and we, we can, uh, this virus has started to, I suppose, go away and we're coming out the other end. For Melbourne City goalkeeper and Matilda star Lydia Williams, she's devastated, but trying to remain upbeat and do her best to stay fit and focused for when football returns. I don't think you ever really plan to, you know, be in something like this, especially being affected worldwide. You kind of don't know if you ever think about yourself in that position. So I think it's caught everyone by surprise and everyone's kind of, no one really knows what the right answer is since it's not really happened, I think, in most of our lifetimes. So yeah, it, it's an interesting one. It, it's definitely, you know, heartbreaking to see how much devastation it's caused. But, you know, the fact that, you know, if we can all stay positive throughout it, I think that's going to help us on the, the other side of it. The Matildas had an Olympics campaign to focus on, but as the pandemic spread across the globe, the International Olympic Committee had no choice but to postpone Tokyo 2020. Disappointing, absolutely. But for Lydia, she's taking a more optimistic approach. We were like one of the last games to be played before everything got into lockdown. So, yeah, I guess to be so close, but then, you know, so far again, I think it's kind of a little bit heartbreaking, but we play all year round. So for us, it's just changing the focus for another year rather than, you know, reaching our peak right now. You know, it can kind of be a double-edged sword where we can get a little bit more time together in preparation for that, but also... You know, we were building up to something pretty special, but you have to be flexible in in sport, and I think that's really kind of testing everyone right now. On March 21, Melbourne City sealed their fourth W League championship in five seasons. An incredible feat, but Lydia admitted it was an eerie feeling given the fact there was no one in the stadium. City's women are such an impressive outfit who went undefeated in the 2019-20 season and although it could have been a time to gloat, Lydia has other things on her mind. The mental health and well-being of her colleagues. I think, you know, the, the beauty that we've always had with the PFA is the option and the opportunity to look after your mental health. And especially with our national team, that's been something uh, that we've been working towards for the past couple of years. So now's the, you know, perfect opportunity if, if you don't feel yourself to, to use those, access those um, facilities and people that are around for, you know, to pick up a phone call. So I think, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a hard time. I mean, sports not being played at all, and that's kind of, you know, that's our career. So it's a little bit hard to kind of navigate around that. But especially being in a team sport, we have each other to kind of lean on and talk to. And, you know, we're not just in the uh, only boat. Everyone's kind of in the same boat. So, yeah, I think it's really important to look after your mental health during this time. Like we'll go before... Lids has taken a moment to reflect. 
It's been a whirlwind for the women's game. At 31, she's seen it from bottom up, starting out with minimal fanfare and a lack of facilities and resources. Now to a global audience, rapidly growing year after year. And there's still so much room for growth. Pretty amazing. Like I think I've spoken about it in regards with the, the last World Cup is that, you know, stadiums are packed now just to watch a, you know, a female football game. And, you know, before it wasn't really like that. We're getting more fans out for the W League, more people watching online. But I think winning the, you know, most loved team in Australia for, for the Matildas, I think that was, you know, kind of showing you know, how special this sport is and how special, you know, being a female in this sport is. So it's really exciting to see, you know, how far we've come. I know there's so much more to be, um, you know, I guess seen and achieved. I think it's it's something that we, we look back fondly on, but we don't really want to kind of live there. We want to keep on improving, uh, keep on growing the game. You know, we want Australia to be a top contender in, in all you know, competitions. So for us, it's something special, but, you know, we want to get better and better. For someone like Scott McDonald, who's had a storied career, starting out with the Gippsland Falcons, representing his country and scoring a last gasp winner against the then title holders, AC Milan, in the Champions League, you wouldn't blame him for just checking out at 36. But football means everything to him. I think the, the great thing about the new age is we do have uh, all this technology. So, I mean, the WhatsApp groups are there for all of us. And day to day, there has been continuous uh, communication between all the players um, and a little bit of what's going on and what's going to happen next. Um, look, not a lot of people know from day to day what's going to happen. But I think as well, as much as we can comfort you know, the younger players, I think you need to use your experience at, at sometimes and and tell them straight exactly. You know, the, the possible outcomes also that they could happen and and be prepared. You know, I think we we all have to because we have to you know live in the reality of that we aren't immune to what's going on around us. You know, we are human and we're just like other uh, job and, and and companies and entities that. You know, is having a detrimental effect to, to football also. I think like everyone within every entity, just a little bit of sadness, isn't it? And disappointment. I mean, when your you know, natural freedom gets taken away from you, more or less, it's something you take for granted a lot of the time. So I'm hoping we all learn about this, you know, within a society and, and move forward and appreciate what we really do have, um, but also have the uh, intelligence and the nounce to, to do what's right right now um, and do what's according and stay safe, stay at home as much as you possibly can and um, obviously do all the hygiene levels that we all need to to make sure that we can come out the other end of this um, sooner rather than later and prolonging the agony um, and save as many lives as we possibly can. But yeah, look, I mean, I've gone the long way around there, but yeah, I mean, you're always going to miss, you know, playing the game you love and um, it's difficult at the moment obviously having to more or less get into that mindset of, of being in that, that alone training again, like you're getting ready for a pre-season. And for Brisbane Raw, the timing is gut-wrenching. On an absolute roll, skyrocketing up the table since the turn of the year. It was all coming together. Oh, absolutely. You know, as a football club, we are absolutely gutted about the timing of, of what's happened and, and the, the performances that we were putting in and, and the results we were getting, I think, 
think on paper we had gained the most points in since you know the, the turn of the year since you know in 2020. So we've really been the form team in the league, and um, the belief was was certainly growing within the squad. And I think um, you know the belief was there that we could go all the way. We, we certainly believed we were where we were for a reason, and, and because we merited it. Um, so for everything to have stopped at a halt, it's just been a, a bit of a shame for for us as players. Um, because we did believe that something special was was growing there, but look, we we all realistic as well in terms of um, where we're at and and why we had to stop as well, and uh, for the safety and for all players and for everyone involved in the game and and out outside the game as well, and playing in you know empty stadiums is not what you want either. Um, but circumstances that came our way, we had to do that to try and finish the season, which. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do. For the former Socceroo, a predatory striker, it's been such a pleasure for him to work with one of the world's finest marksmen, Robbie Fowler. As Scott says, you're always learning, no matter what your age. First and foremost, he's a real down-to-earth bloke, you know, in terms of speaking to him one-on-one. He's always got time for you. His door's always opened. Um, And he's he's willing to listen as well. Uh, You know, I don't think... um, He's afraid to say, you know, he's, he's learning as well um, as he's going along, um, as everyone always is. Um, but being new in management, I think he's certainly grown into the role even more so as, as um, time has gone on within the season. But certainly, you know, you talk about his playing credentials and, and what he'd done in the game and what a player he was. That was the excitement for me to, to have someone of that experience to learn off him you know, just little things, you know, about how you can improve your game. Even at 36, um, like I said, no matter your age, you're always improving and figuring out things. And Tony Grant's been excellent as well, and Darren Davies as well um, for me um, in terms of allowing me, like I said, a little bit more responsibility. And, and they do know that I have uh, ambitions to go into coaching. And they've gave me a lot of time out of their own time to to speak about, you know, tactics and sessions and whatever else and trying to help me progress in that um, side of the game as well. Like Wilco and Lids, Skippy, as he's remembered in Scotland, is delighted by the work of the PFA to protect the players and is confident the game will find a way out of this crisis. They've, they've been huge and their communication has been absolutely amazing. You know, everyone's had contact personally um, via emails as well. Um, and in terms of we have the website there that, that's daily updated for all your needs and, and, and what you need and giving us the advice of what's going on within the government structure as well and giving us advice in, in terms of you know certain ways to obviously make sure that your hygiene is correct and um, staying out of you know troubles of the virus. Um, so, so it's all been there for us and, and the PFA have been great in their communication with that. Um, and in terms of obviously trying to speak to, to the other clubs and See what's actually going on now from day to day. Um, well, that's another test for for the PFA, and we're hoping that you know that they get a little bit more insight from the clubs in in the days to come, and, and hopefully the weeks can all work together to try and push through this precarious situation that we find ourselves in all around the world. Big thanks to contributors of this episode: Alex Wilkinson, Sydney FC; Lydia Williams, Melbourne City and Scott McDonald, Brisbane Raw. Footballer's Voice is a partnership between Podula and the PFA. This podcast was produced and supported by Adrian Horton, Rob Crawford, Nicholas Sacco, Julius Ross, 
and Tony Pasolia. <laughs>